911, what's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. My name is Ashley and I'm your host and I am joined today with my co-host. Clint Walton, how are you doing? We had another episode a few a few days back with Jory Hersher and he shared with us some really emotional and inspiring moments that he experienced in his own life as it pertained to mental health and his suicidal thoughts and ultimately being diagnosed with PTSD and having that be transformed into something incredibly inspiring. And on that episode, we did not get a chance to journey into what that inspiration looks like today as much as I wanted to. So we were able to bring Jory back on for another episode, and we are so excited to have you on again today. Jory, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? We're good too. Thank you. Yeah, good. we're doing great. It's great to have you back. And, and you know, after hearing your your story in our last episode, it just it's so inspiring that I know will help so many people out there and especially you, as you listen, it's, it's those hardships that you face within your life that you got to own, you got to lean into it and really break from that. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. Now, Dre, you had shared with us everything that had sort of began back in 2006 and you took us through your journey up until the point of 2018, where you're on stage again last year, and you're recounting your story and sharing with so many other people who silently live this life on a routine basis, but don't have necessarily the platform to be able to open up. Are you able to walk the listener back to what happened on that day on that stage? And what was the aftermath of it? Yeah, so again, appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I love doing this work, so I really appreciate it. Um, so I'm, I'm on stage. I'm talking about my suicide attempt for the first time publicly. And I didn't think it was that big of a deal because, quite frankly, I, I tell people I have a big opinion and a big mouth. And so I don't really – I don't pull punches usually. And um, so I started talking about it. And I actually – I'll never do this again. I did, I did two classes in, in one day. I did a four-hour in the morning and I did a four-hour in the evening. And by the end of it, I was so exhausted just emotionally and mentally and physically that I just, I will never do that again. <laughs> but at the time I had done that. And so I went back to my, my hotel room and I just, I remember just kind of collapsing. I didn't even want to go get dinner. I didn't want to do anything. I was just exhausted. And um, I, I started having the, the planning thoughts again, the suicidal planning thoughts come back. And, you know, the, the thought of I might be suicidal it may not sound like a big deal, but it's very different from a planning thought. Mm-hmm. Um, a planning thought means you've, you've crossed over, you've crossed a line. You've, you've gone to a point of acceptance and a, and a point of um, embracing. And, and that's a, you know, I guess it makes me think how many times as a police officer, I responded to accidents. And now it makes me wonder how many of those were truly accidents and how many of them were, were simply, um, well thought out executed suicides. Um, but anyway, it, that's the difference when, when you've actually thought about planning that you've crossed a line that is a scary line to cross. And I remember 
I panicked and I, I couldn't call my wife. I was in desperate need to talk to my wife. I needed to hear her voice. I needed to hear my kids' voice and my kids' voices. And I couldn't because they were on an airplane and, you know, I, they just left my side. And so I, I couldn't be with them and they couldn't, anyway, I couldn't talk to them. So I was in a messed up place and I, I had a very selfish thought that I don't care what it takes. I'm, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let myself do this. Um, and I was thinking only about me. Honestly, when I think about, I want to say I thought about my kids growing up without a father and my wife without a husband, but that, that wasn't it. It was a, I can't, I can't continue without my wife. I can't continue without my kids. And it was, it was still very, very selfish. So when I got home, I, I started looking at everything. I mean, just literally everything. I started going all over the place, looking at for help with a doctor, psychiatrists, um, you know, surgical centers. I mean, just anywhere I could look, I started looking and um, kind of floundered for a bit. And I found life coaching through a friend, a really good friend of mine said, Hey, you need to check out this thing called life coaching. And I, I did. And I started to research about it and found several coaches that I that kind of resonated with me. Mm-hmm. I started studying. There's a doctor by the name of Dr. Bessel van der Kolk that is kind of the father of the PTSD diagnosis. He started working with Vietnam veterans back in the 70s. And I started to read a lot about him and, and hit the work he had done. And I, if I can take you back real quick. So before all this happened, when I was still an attorney working for uh, the government here in Houston, I, I remember there was a very specific day after I was diagnosed that I had to go into my manager and tell her that I had to take some time off. I went through some pretty intense counseling at first. Um, in fact, I don't know if I've ever even shared this one publicly, but um, you're rated when you go in and you're diagnosed with PTSD, you're rated on a scale basically of severity. And I rated so high that I was just like on that borderline of hospitalization where she would have been required <laughs> to call the police. And that would have mm-hmm. been, yeah, that would have been a show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been to those calls, you know, I've been the one who have taken people into to custody to transport them. And so anyway, that was kind of scary for me, but I remember going into this manager and I had to tell her why I was going to be leaving for work early from work early for like three days that week. And do I tell her I have a doctor's appointment? You know, what do I tell her? And I finally just, I just had this moment of realization. I could tell you the exact place I was standing in the hallway when I decided I can either hide this and pretend like nothing happened and be ashamed of it. Or I can be loud, obnoxious about it and help other people and just be out there and help be part of the stigma busting uh, crowd. And, and I decided right then, you know, screw it. I'm going to be loud and obnoxious about it. And, it's cost me friendships. It's cost me um, jobs. It's cost me, you know, different things. But in the end, I decided a long time ago I was going to be part of the solution. So fast forward to today, and that's what I'm doing. So what was that like aha moment you had that finally just said, you know, I want to hire myself a life coach. I want to break out of this funk I'm in. Honestly, it was a desperation. It was it was a it was a, I can't continue living like this. I mean, the, the life, anybody who's listening to this, who has PTSD is going to immediately resonate with the fact that it just completely envelops your life. 
It controls everything and it ruins everything. It ruins marriages. It ruins relationships. It ruins, um, it ruins your body. I mean, the, the alcoholism, the drugs, the, uh, binge eating the, or the other way around where you're not eating at all. It just, it just completely destroys who you are. And I was watching it destroy me. I was watching it destroy my family and I just couldn't be, I just couldn't let that happen anymore. And so honestly, my pride went away. That's what it was. I dropped my pride and I said, I don't really care what I look like anymore. I don't care what people think anymore. Screw it. I'm getting fixed. And so that's what happened. That's, that's just so amazing to hear. And, and thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, you bet. And you have one mantra and I just want to know what it means coming from you where you talk about helping people from going from just surviving to thriving. Yeah. So I, I learned when I started to do my studying, my, my research on the topic and I learned about really what PTSD is. And, and by the way, again, I could be on this for hours, but I, I found out that PTSD typically stems from some sort of a childhood trauma that was never appropriately um, looked after. You know, we, we never got that resolved. And so that's a lot of trauma. We, we always want to tackle the, the kind of the triggering event. Um, but this goes back a long, long, long time. And um, I completely forgot what you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. That's how excited and amped up and passionate you are about this shit. I love it. Um, I know. That was, that was a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> just from, from going from just surviving to thriving, how does somebody do that? Yeah. So, okay. There you go. Sorry about that. The reason I'm telling you about the, the childhood stuff is because really what happens is when you, when you live some sort of emotional trauma, Okay, we all have this way of living where we, when we grow up, when we learn, when we grow, we have this book of truths, I call it. And this book of truths is, is full of everything from gravity makes you fall, you know, the hot stove's going to burn my fingers, all the way up to I can never get a man to not beat me because dad did. All the way up to I have to drink because my family all drinks, you know, all that are all we believe them to be true, but they're not grounded in fact. And so what happens is after PTSD, you've destroyed that book of truths with PTSD. It is full of so much garbage. And really the, the hardest part for me was I had to just kind of bleach out my book and I had to rebuild, like, what do I believe? You know, it was a, it was a there was a moment where after my suicide attempt, I just said, there's no God. There can't be. Um, so I, I, you know, I went from very religious to semi-religious to atheist to I think I'm spiritual and not religious at all to, you know, where I am today, which is a, a very healthy, I'm great with who I am and, you know, what I believe. And so when I say taking somebody from surviving to thriving, I'm talking about taking this book of truths that is not serving them and it's controlling their everyday life choices and it's making them slowly miserable to bleaching that book and only putting in there what they truly believe to be true. And then moving on with a passion for life that in my example, I never had. So 
sometimes it's back to a passion that you once had. Sometimes it's one you've never had. But I help people to understand that they can live life with a purpose and on purpose, and they can absolutely thrive and be happy to wake up and see the sun rather than dreading another day. So hmm. that's what I mean by from surviving to thriving. Yeah, that, that's excellent. I know a lot of the clients that we work with, that's one of the most difficult parts about working together is finally getting to the place to where they're comfortable investing in themselves and being selfish. And I encourage everybody listening to this, everybody I speak to, everybody that we work with, you need to be selfish. If you can't fill up your own cup first, there's no way that you can pour into everybody else's. And so I love that you touched on the fact that we all have this handbook of beliefs and we only know what we know. So if we're brought up and we're conditioned right. in a particular way, then we don't know to be any other way. So you made mention that you bleached your handbook. How does somebody go about doing that? Yeah, so it's, we're, we're taught to do this as kids and then we're untaught how to do it as adults where whenever a new piece of information enters our world as a child, we investigate it, you know, and, and you can have, if you've got kids, you've seen this happen where you say, you know, um, that bird right there is called a sparrow and they go, no, it's not. It's called a pelican, you know, and they're, they're challenging you and, and you're getting frustrated because you're like, no, I know I'm an adult, but that kid is going, I'm not just going to take everything you say as truth. I'm going to inspect it and I'm going to turn it around. And, but we condition our kids and we condition ourselves to not do that. And we condition ourselves to just accept things as they are seen through these lenses that we create. And so what I had to do is learn how to take in new information, but also take in old information and really be willing to investigate it for myself. And the, the, the really hard ones to do are you know, when you say, I used to say, um, well, for, for example, I was debilitatingly shy as a kid. I, I would get sick walking into a room of more than five people. Mm -hmm. And I used to tell people, I, I'm really shy. I, I can't go into big crowds. I don't public speak. Well, that's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy because that's what happened. But when I ended up saying, you know what, I'm sick of being shy and scared and timid. I'm going to be a public speaker. And I started telling people I'm a public speaker. Well, guess what? All of a sudden I'm a public speaker and we can do that with ourselves today. You know, instead of saying I'm a raging alcoholic and I have a bad temper, you know what? I had this hard thing happen to me. I'm a good person and I'm working on that temper. It's just a slight difference, but it means the world and it changes how you perceive life and it changes how you perceive yourself and it changes how you heal. What a beautiful way to, to wrap up this episode. And I'm so appreciative that you shared that because it's something so easy, but so tactical that anybody could lis listen to right now and then go and execute on it. It's literally just by deciding that it, I don't want it this way anymore. I want to become this. And I really appreciate you sharing your story, sharing your advice based on your own past experience. And I have no doubt that this is going to resonate with so many of our listeners. Um, is there a way that people could contact you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to my website, which is jory, J-O-R-E-Y dot U-S. Um, contact me through the website. You can email me at jory at uh, hershirconsulting.com. And um, you can reach me on social media. You know, I, I try to use Jory Hersher everywhere I go. So LinkedIn, uh, uh, Facebook, Instagram. You can YouTube. shoot a message through there too. <laughs> YouTube. I'm on YouTube. That's right. Help cool. me grow my YouTube channel, y'all. 
We got you. Cool. Well, Jory, thank you so much again. And I know this won't be the last time we have you on our show. Awesome. That's great talking to you both. And you guys do awesome work. So thank you. You too. Thank Thanks, you so Jory. much. Thanks. Have a good one. You too.